Welcome in to the Cap and Jay Hood Morning Show on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app with David Kaplan, Jonathan Hood with you. Now time for Shot or No Shot, and it's brought to you by... That would be ESPN Bet, now huh. live in Illinois. Baby, sign up to get $100 in bonus bets. That's ESPN Bet, and you get 100 in bonus bets for making any sportsbook Shane Orling, good morning, my friend. Good morning, boys. Cap, good to see you again. I hope you had a great time in the wonderful state of Florida. Hoodie. Oh, phenomenal. It's Tuesday. How we doing? Oh, great. doing great. Um, I just know that we got one more football game left, and that'll, and that'll be all. And that'll be all. Thanks for coming. <laughs> I sat down last night, and I felt sad. I felt empty. You like had no money all, like football. It already <laughs> hit me that it, it's done. Football's over. Like this... <laughs> I choose to pre-grieve. If you've seen Succession, you yes. know Roman when his father passes away pre-grieves. Yes. Yes. I pre-grieve football. Once we get to Super Bowl week, I am understanding it's done. I'm I'm grieving now, and then I don't have to worry about the hangover after the Super Bowl. And also light on stories with the NFL too during this time. I mean, you get the coaching stuff. I mean, what's happening lately? Right, Be- Belichick with a job yet? Sounds like the Eagles had reached out and he had no interest. So maybe he's going to do TV. I don't know. I just think that Saban Belichick podcast is going to be unbelievable. Those two. That's going to be great, those two. Oh, great podcast. Better have the right host. No, that is the right host. Those two. Just them going. No driver. Just I'll turn on the mic. Welcome. Uh, Nick, how are you? I mean, it's going to sound like NPR. It's just, just two guys just talking. Seriously. You don't think people will listen to that? Those stories? Absolutely. Could you imagine both those guys out of football and both in a broadcasting booth or in a studio someplace? That could happen. He was really good in the setting. I watched him do tell the Lawrence Taylor story, and he said uh, Lawrence would always be late to the meetings. <laughs> and he goes, uh, Coach Parcells, just so you know, uh, Lawrence was 10 minutes late to the meeting. Uh, we had already you know, gotten through some of the stuff early. He said, why'd you start until he got there? Because <laughs> he he's Lawrence Taylor, you wait. That's right. That's exactly right. Bill is so engaging. When he wasn't talking about his team, he cannot stop talking about the past of the NFL. He is very smart. Yes. He, he, I mean, very engaging. You think he's boring? He is boring with the press, but talking about the NFL, oh my God, he could talk about Hallis all day. Of knowledge. Jeez. All right. What do you got, Shay? All right. I want to start locally with the NBA trade deadline just ten days away. Bulls guard Zach Levine not expected to return to the lineup before the deadline passes. Spent the entire season in trade rumors. Market has not materialized. But last week, there were preliminary conversations with the Detroit Pistons about Zach Levine. So shot or no shot, Levine has played his final game with the Bulls. It's seemingly a, no shot, uh, it's seemingly a shot with Zach Levine. It's seemingly a shot. I was told over the weekend that the only real suitor for uh, the Bulls is trading with the Pistons. And you're not getting Cade Cunningham or their top-line guys. You're getting guys in the middle. It's ultimately going to be a salary dump if they can. Can they get like a Jaden Ivey? That was not on the list that I was told. No. 
I know what you're at. You're going for young assets. Yes. Good, young, good assets. I need some draft capital. They're tired of having only young kids. I'll give you Zach. Um, I'm going to say no shot that he's played his last game because he can't get back on the court. If he's got one suitor and you're asking the owner, hey, can we take on this $145 million that we owe this guy? No. It takes one dumb owner. Maybe. To be I fair, hope, I hope so. The Pistons might have the dumbest owner in all of sports. And he's done this before. He took on the poison pill of Blake Griffin just to sell tickets and put T-shirts on seats. This is not. This is an opportunity potentially to fleece one of the stupidest owners in the sport. And really in all of sports. So, I mean. Cap, I hope it happens. Cap, if you're like, um, well, Dallas is a bad example. But if you're like the Pelicans, for instance, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. If you're the Pelicans or if you're the Nets. Indiana, I'll throw them in there as well. Like you can look at the asset of Zach Levine and say, "Well, he'd be a good third option for us, offense, because that's what he is. He's a good second or third option. He's just pressing the services and number one option because he's on the Bulls." But you have to also wonder about Zach Levine's health. Now we've had several injuries here with Zach Levine. Correct. Are you willing to push your chips all in for a guy that's often injured now? Not only ineffective as a one. But also injured. That's something also in the back of mind, the minds of some general managers. Zach could be that key ingredient. But if he can't help you, if he's on the bench, then, then why make the deal? Why mortgage the future or a couple of good players on my roster for a guy that can't stay on the floor? That's only fair. When he's healthy, that's about 15, 16 points a game on a good team. On this team, the Bulls, what, 23, 22 points a game? So. Yeah, I, I would. If I'm trying to build for a winning team, he's not my style player. He's he, he's not a winning basketball player. If you're going to put him on your team, you have to already have two or three guys that can score the ball for you. But he has to be able to be in a deferential role, and I'm not convinced he is. He's a good person, nice guy. I've interviewed him one on one. He's a super yeah, nice guy no to question. deal with. I just think the way he plays. If I was writing a report, I'd be like. If you want a guy to take a lot of high volume of shots, bring him in. If you're looking for a guy who's going to lock you down defensively, plays team defense, he's okay. I got you because he's athletic. Yes. He doesn't ever dog it. He's not a dog. But you want me to be able to play connected five-man defense with that guy? No. Pass. No. But this is, uh, again, when we talked about uh, Dan Campbell, same thing with Levine. I, I don't blame Levine for the Bulls being 22 and 25. I don't blame him. I blame that front office. But let me tell you, the settlers, yeah. let me tell you exactly what's going to happen. They'll beat Toronto tonight. They've traded OG and Anobi to the Knicks. And they're tanking. And they tra- right. Mm-hmm. And they traded Siakam to Indiana. And so they'll come in here tonight, and more than likely the Bulls will beat them. Mm-hmm. And then you play Charlotte. Now you're 24 and 25. And you know what that incompetent front office that we have is going to say? Arturus and his AI creation GM, who we never hear from. I don't know if the man really exists, Mark Eversley. Well, we're close. We're right there at 500. We're close. Continuity. Because they don't want to spend in the luxury tax. They've got no balls to make an intense, hard-nosed, let's-really-go-for-it trade. So guess what? That's what you're dealing with. And you people, you lemmings, keep buying tickets and jerseys. And guess what? At some point, stick it to them where they go, all right, we got to fix this. Yeah. 
You get what you deserve. That's it. You get what you deserve. That's it. And I'm one of the lemmings. I, I went to the game. I spent money in this stadium. I bought Brett a Bulls jersey recently. Yeah. Dumb. Dumb, dumb, dumb. Shay. All right, the Bears got some attention on social media over the weekend after posting a 90-second highlight video captioned simply JF1. Many fans took this and ran with it, evidence that the Bears do not plan to make a change at quarterback this offseason. So shot or no shot, the social media video is a hint at their decision-making. That is one of the dumbest takes if someone has that. This the same crew that had the J- Jalen Johnson video out yesterday. They have different videos to highlight different players. And if you think Ryan Paul's, eh, let me just let me grab my phone here. I'm Ryan. Yeah, uh, is this a social media intern who does the videos? Hey, I'm not gonna take Caleb Williams. No one knows this. Just letting you know. Put a Justin video out. Come on, now. are we that freaking stupid? We cannot be that stupid. Got it, Chief. JF1, got it. I'll type it in right now. I mean, it is literally unbelievable. This is the same crew, the Bears, who put out a QB1 when they signed Andy Dalton, and then Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy get a phone call at 9 o'clock at night. Um, You guys are not going to be happy about this, but social media put out a QB1 for Andy Dalton. What? Why would you do that? Yeah, I understand. Well, well, he's a bear until he's not. I think that's pretty clear. He's their quarterback. So he's their, he's their, he is the Chicago Bears quarterback. That has nothing to do with what's going to happen in the draft, free agency, or the regular season. So because, guess what? You still have to sell tickets on the notion that Justin Fields is going to be the quarterback. No one is going to, by the way, burn their tickets and say, you bring that guy back? Okay, I'm not coming back. No, you'll go back to Soldier Field. So, I mean, listen, here's the thing about this Bears team. The Bears don't have necessarily multiple stars that they can market. DJ Moore is one. There's up-and-coming kids on this roster. Sweat. Eventually. Mm-hmm. Sweat. And Sweat's new yep. to a lot of Bears fans, so that's not the face of the franchise yet. But the one recognizable name nationally that everyone knows is Justin Fields. Polarizing or not, questionable or not, on his way to being a great quarterback or not, he's still the face of the Chicago Bears. Go back and look up the Cliff Kingsbury quotes about Josh Rosen when he was the head coach in Arizona. Yeah, Josh Rosen was the coach of the Arizona Cardinals? He was the quarterback. Oh. In his first year, he drafted him a year earlier at 10. Josh is our quarterback. He's not going anywhere. Can we stop with this? That's what Kingsbury said. Yes. Yeah. They drafted Kyler Murray and got rid of Josh Rosen. That's exactly right. I mean, come on. What are we doing here? Josh Rosen's great. Just ask him. Yeah. All right. All right, Jay. All right. The Chiefs in their fourth Super Bowl in six seasons. Only the third team in history to accomplish this. I think it's actually four and five, and I fat-fingered that. If they win, they'd become the fourth team to win three in five years. They would join the 70s Steelers, 90s Cowboys, and 2010s Patriots. Shot or no shot? If the Chiefs win, they'll be the greatest of these dynasties. That's a no shot. Not the greatest of those dynasties. It's, t- it's going to even take even more. The Patriots are the best in, in my lifetime because of the amount of championships that they won. Bears had their dynasty, but it was just one championship. The Steelers had their dynasty, sure. That was what? What, they win? Four? Yes. The Bradshaw Steelers? Yeah. yeah. So, that, no, that's a, that's a no shot. They're definitely going to be in that team photo. But there's going to be even more winning from that. More winning. Yeah, it's a no shot because I somebody I respect and love dearly that I see as much as I see my wife almost 
told me that the Ravens were one of the five greatest teams in the history of the sport. When I left here Thursday morning to go to the airport, I was told by someone whose football acumen I think is outstanding that the Baltimore Ravens are one of the five best teams in the history of the sport. To be and fair, maybe I higher. Said, if, I, didn't, I didn't tell you they, that. If they win, they would go down, and they didn't. They have one of that the most atrocious. They have oh. one of the most atrocious game plans I've ever watched. I will also tell you of all the poor coaching we watched in the postseason, Mike McCarthy's team choking against the Packers and getting pounded and Dan Campbell's questionable decisions whether you liked him or not the worst coaching job was by John I never met a microphone I didn't like to tell you that I'm the greatest guy ever in quoting scripture Harbaugh hold on a second now Zay Flowers disintegrates your season I'm not talking about the fumble I'm talking about catches a pass way down there 15 yards taunting hurts his hand Hurts his hand punching a bench. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clowney drilling Mahomes in the head. Benoit. All of them. Mm-hmm. That goes right back to lack of discipline from your head coach. So I'm glad that arrogant club is out. Gone. Well, Frauds. They, they had a terrific regular season for sure, and it was a hell of a time for them to melt down in that spot. You're at home. You're against Kansas City. And, and Patrick Mahomes, the storyline is Patrick Mahomes never, you know, he's never been in this situation where he's got to be able to get to the Super Bowl playing on the road in the AFC title game. And guess what? Baltimore, at the worst time, decided to be undisciplined. At the worst time, Cap. And yes. it starts from the head coach all the way down. And guess what? The guy on the other side, eating his burger and fries and stealing Mahomes' nuggies, that guy is ice water in his veins, man. Sure. And sure. he's also got Mahomes. Yep. Lamar Jackson was horrifically bad. Mm-hmm. Can we all be in agreement, too, like for the Chiefs to not go down as one of, if not the greatest dynasty, the rest of Patrick Mahomes' career would have to be like, a car driving off of a cliff and exploding. That is that is correct. I mean, I mean, they're on their way. They're already a dynasty as we stand here today. It's going to be even greater moving forward because I will never, Cap, never, ever, ever, ever again bet against Patrick Mahomes. Can't do it. Okay. So, and, we, and here's why. And with all of the adversity that we've talked about around the NFL all season, where you got drop passes, skillets for hands for their wide receivers, with Travis Kelsey and what he's doing on and off the field, you know, without Eric Bieniemy, what would the offense look like? All these question marks, and all, I mean, and it started on my birthday, September seventh, where the Lions goes in there and beat Kansas City. We go, what Chiefs team is that? What happened there? Right, all that, and look where the Kansas City Chiefs are right now. That I, I said yesterday, Cap, that this, I equate this to a March Madness team, a team that's been middling okay during the regular season, and they get hot at the right time and win some games in March Madness. Look at that. That, they haven't done that all year. That's who Kansas City was this year for me. Out of nowhere. You realize Patrick Mahomes became a starter in 2018. He's won more playoff games between 2018 and 2024 to date than the Bears have won in the modern NFL as yeah. a franchise. Yep. It's a joke. He's going for his third ring earlier than Brady went for his. Like this hit or at the same time. We've never seen anything like this. Never. Can't, can't bet about I mean, they're going to lose their share of games. I'll just go down and lose with them. But I'm not betting against that guy again. Can't do it.
He's the, can't, he's can't the best. Can't he do it. is the best. Can't do it. Because, again, they were on the road. They were supposed to lose against Buffalo. <laughs> right. You know, like, it's one thing to wear an arrowhead because you got the crowd behind you. That's worth seven points in itself because that rabid crowd. But then the ability of Mahomes. Guy was a three sport athlete in high school. He played basketball, football, and baseball. And he chose football, and he is making a. He's making everyone turn their heads. I mean, Brady's great, but look at what Mahomes is doing. Did you see the video of his dad? His dad smoking a cigar, standing on the field near Taylor Swift and Patrick's right there. And they said, oh, what kind of cigar are you smoking? He goes, it's a Lamar Jackson cigar. (laughs) (laughs) That was pretty good. Shay. All right, Sunnyside dispensaries locally are capitalizing on the Super Bowl by selling big game buffalo wing sauce infused with THC. Shot or no shot, this is the best Super Bowl snack. Yeah, a hard pass. Oh, you don't want to get a little stoned watching the Super Bowl eating buffalo wings? No, I mean... With THC in it. Yeah, that that has zero interest. If I'm going to eat a gummy or something, buffalo wing sauce? No. Hard pass for me. Jack, what do you think? I'm thinking no. That's a pass for me as well. Mm-hmm. He likes flour. <laughs> Jack, Jack, you're a flour guy. Long time listener and first time caller. Uh, I would say that's a no shot for me. I'm not a Buffalo Wings guy. This is not. Even with THC. There's other ways for me to be able to get a little something extra with my food. Okay, so I like wings, but I like boneless wings. Mm-hmm. I don't like having the, the wing with the bones and all that. No thanks. Well, the boneless wing cap is actually a chicken nugget. Kind of. Which is fine. Now, chicken nuggets are good. Now, I, 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 by the way, just, I don't think I, I shouldn't have to say this, but I'll just say this. I'm not anti-chicken uh, chicken nugget. I'm right. not anti-chicken nugget. nugget. I mean, you can look at me and tell me. You can tell that I'm not anti-chicken nugget. Chicken, like I don't want the breading. I like the, 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 the what are they, flash fried with the um, buffalo wings. I like the, the if I'm going to get those. They got to be the little drumsticks, mm-hmm. not the wing part. I see. Oh, you don't like the flats? No, flats way better than drums. I way like, better. I like the drums better. Do now, Nadi's has a great drumstick. Fifty Fifty has a great drumstick. Do you guys eat boneless wings with a uh, fork or with your hands? This has been a big argument for me before. With a fork. Yeah, it's a fork food. See, I eat it with my hands. It's a finger. It's a finger food. It's a finger food. It is. You eat it with your hands. It's a wing. It's Not a, if it's got the sauce right. all over it. Are you dipping them or are they covered in sauce? Covered in sauce. Yeah, no. that's a You're that's a fork them. food. That's a fork. You food. eat right, a, you eat bone in wings with your hands. So why not the boneless wings? Yeah, I, I would do. I mean, and here's the thing: the reason why it's a finger food for me is because if the fork is too far away from me, I'm just using my hands. I'm not getting up. Specifically for a fork. Absolutely not. Uh, uh, you know what? The fork is too far away. All right. I'm using my hands. That's a finger food. Especially because it's my, it's, it's my own sauce. I'm not double dipping the chicken in someone else's sauce. Exactly. Part of the expression. Do you like your pizza cut in squares or in triangles? I'm from Chicago. Well, you think of how you, <laughs> you know how, how I eat. I eat like wait, the way you eat it. We're from Chicago. We, I mean, did you have uh, pizza squares as a kid? No. You no. didn't have Detroit. You didn't have like Jets it. pizza. Slices. Oh, do, no, the tavern style in squares, that's Chicago. No, I mean. I hear Sylvie say it every day. That's fine. True Chicago pizza people know it's tavern style and square cut. Yeah, no. I'll either get deep dish 
or I want my thin crust, I would prefer it cut in, in triangles. No, I'm not a child. I, I, I like it how it however it comes. Well, if it's if it's square, is fine. If it's just the slice, how we grew up with it with the slices, fine. There's no bad pizza. There's no bad way to eat the pizza. Agreed. I mean, for me, it's it, it started with slices, right? But when, like, when you up. get like when I get a loose thin crust, yeah. it's cut in tavern style. That's what they call it, right? Yes. 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 Yeah, tavern style square and that's slices. Fine. I would prefer to pick up a slice. Yeah. Not the little square. Yeah. But either, there's no bad pizza, no, man. No, I'm, either way. It, Speaking of that, guy just walked in with a pizza. <laughs> it's 820. Literally walked by us right now into the ABC building carrying a pizza. Wait a minute. What's he doing? What are you doing with he, a pizza at 820? You know what? He needs to come in here. That's what yes. he needs to do. Shay, bring him in. Wave him in. Let's Listen. go. <laughs> that, that works right now at 820. All right. Time for uh, 820 on the time. Not the, not the uh, channel. Correct. I'm Bill Press, and this country is going hand in hand, oh hell in the handbasket. Wow. Here's Shay. Here's Shay Dorling with Around the NFL. Nick Foles sucks. He sucks. I'm just a fan. I'm not a football evaluator. I love the Green Bay Packers. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. This is not Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. I want winners. He starts to come, and he will. This is a really thickly built guy. I mean, what's the answer you're looking for on these things here? Here from Albert Greer from Money Morning Quarterback and SI.com coming up at 835 around the NFL. Here's Shay Norling. Shay? I have some way too early off-season overreactions. I'm very sad to do this because there's only one more game, but it's time to start talking about the draft and other things for certain teams. I want to start with the Detroit Lions. My off-season overreaction for the Lions, they will not get back here and they will not win the North in 2024. This was, Dan Campbell was right, this was their shot. Losing a coordinator, how'd it go for the Falcons when they lost Kyle Shanahan? How'd it go for the Eagles when they lost Shane Steichen? It just, it's brutally difficult to overcome when you lose the guy that many in the league consider the best offensive coordinator in football. He goes to be a head coach somewhere else. Your offensive line, Taylor Decker, the left tackle, getting older. I think it's very reckless to assume they'll be as healthy as they were this year. It's tough, but I don't think they'll be back. Look, it's a very tough mountain to climb to get to this level. I think they have the talent to get there. I think they have the want to to get there. But, boy, everyone's going to be loading up. Green Bay is going to be better. Quarterback will probably be better. The Bears, I think the Bears take a big step next year. I've been saying that for a long while. Picking one and nine. Whatever you do, whether you keep Justin and add a haul in the trade or more likely take Caleb Williams and add Brock Bowers or Roma Dunze or Malik Neighbors, they're going to be a vastly improved team with all that cap space. So, yeah, yeah it's good. Their road and their schedule, as you pointed out earlier, all of it's going to make it tougher. And they it, can get there. Make it tougher, but they will be in the playoffs. I don't agree that they go from where they are now and then fall off the table. I don't, I don't believe that. I believe that, they, again... I don't look at the Lions. I look at the NFC, and I feel like with all these chances the NFL gives you to be in the playoffs, wild cards, everything else, I think Detroit finds a way, even if they are less than from the win-loss standpoint, they'll be in the playoffs next year. Shay? I know everybody's going to love the Chargers with Jim Harbaugh and bounce right back. I don't think the Chargers are going to make the playoffs in Jim's first year. That cap sheet is scary. 
You got to figure out the money that's committed to Khalil Mack, to Joey Bosa. Mike Williams makes a ton of money. Keenan Allen makes a ton of money. Yeah, Justin Herbert's up. Like, there's a lot of stuff to figure out from the front office that I think this season it's just going to be a bit too much of a stretch to say they'll bounce right back to being a playoff team. Defense is getting old, and it is expensive for a unit that was not super productive. I'd like to know who's going to rebuild this. Is this going to be Jim Harbaugh, or where does Harbaugh put Horace's balls in his office as this new GM? <laughs> Correct. I'd like hey, to know. John, yeah. give me a good executive wants to make a payday. I'll make him our GM. I'm in charge. Seriously. Like, I don't need to know, is this a Mayock situation? Like when he was at the Raiders? Just saying, like, that was that was John Gruden, 100%. He asked Mayock, you're, you're, the, draft guru, you're the draft guru, what do you think? Right? You want to come with me? But that's, I like to know where Horace's balls is. Because with Jim in there, it's what we talked about before. He wants to have full autonomy of the organization. Probably has all of his say in the draft and free agency. And this is something we speculated earlier in the season, Cap, about the Chargers. We said, boy, this is going to need an undertaking, like an overhaul of young players around Justin Herbert. You got to get some of those old salaries off the books and try to reimagine this team. It's one of those strange situations with the quarterbacks in place, Yep. but the rest of it you got to fix. I mean, you've got some really good receivers. Mike Williams coming back from injury. Keenan Allen. Gerald Everett. Like, you got some really uh, Austin Eckler. That's a good players there. Boy, I've been hearing those names for a long time. Joey Bosa, yeah. Khalil Mack. Look out. They got work to do. Shay? Stefan Diggs and C.D. Lamb both find new homes. I'm going to disagree on C.D. Lamb, agree on Stefan Diggs. Why wouldn't Lamb leave? Because the Cowboys aren't going to trade him. He's in the final year of a contract. He can get tagged. He can get tagged, but can they tag him and pay Dak and pay Micah Parsons and take care of the other things they need to take care of? And he's disgruntled. He's got his mom blowing up on social media saying Dak's not the guy. I don't think that's a situation that ends happily at all. He's really, really good, man. He I, is. Th- to get him would cost you. Okay, if you called them and said, well, I'm not saying they would. We'll give you one in nine. We want CD. Do you think Jerry does it? Yeah, I think that, it, it, well, no, and here's why he won't do it. Because you know what's not talked about out loud? As bold and as big as Jerry Jones' name is, they don't make any splashes, Cap. They don't. For a team that's talked about 80% of the time on the get-up and the first things first and all these shows on TV, they spend so much time talking about the Dallas Cowboys and their underachievement. I mean, they are able to make their signings, and they do a good job of trying to sign players. But where's the splash? Where's the splashes okay. that they make? You, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I mean, where, there is no riverboat gambler, really, in Jerry Jones. Like, There's a lot of bravado, a lot of talk. Agreed. But where is the, oh, my God, look what they did to upgrade that team? Agreed. They, they do a good job drafting. They've drafted some really good players. But if you – the Bears would never do it, and I wouldn't either, but – if you offered those two picks for C.D. Lamb, well, then Jerry has to be willing to move off Dak Prescott to take Caleb Williams or yeah. Drake May or Jaden Daniels and then use the other pick to replace said receiver. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's keeping C.D. Lamb in the final year of his deal. 
maybe get him re-signed. Have a meeting on the mind. Let's clear the air. Let's all come to my boat and take a couple of days. That's what he'll do. You know what, Jack? That is a class that Mizzou should really consider. The class is called Dallas Cowboys. And not talking about the wins and losses. I'm talking about the marketing. Because that's all that is. It's a marketing machine. Hey, we're America's team. And Jerry Jones was what is yacht and his Johnny Walker blue. And that's all smoke and mirrors, Cap. It is. I mean, you take the cheese because you see that roster and say, why can't they win? Well, that's a great question. That's a great question. How come a team stacked? And by the way, I might tease you about the Cowboys pick, but when you look at that roster, I'm sure you thought to yourself, They've got to be able to break through now. Look at that roster Loaded. on both sides of the football. Loaded. But why? Why? Why can't they be able to break through? See? It, it, it's all marketing to me. It, the, the class is called Dallas Cowboys, and it's a, it's a class on how to be able to fool the consumer into thinking that you're greater than you are. Than you are. That should be the class at Mizzou. If I was in college and I saw that class on the listing, that's what I'd register for. Yeah. It's, it's, a, cool it's marketing. Class. It'd be fun. It's marketing. How does Jerry Jones do it? You do your own radio show. You have your own press conference before the coach is able to speak about a a win or a loss. Hey, look at the big stadium that we're in. It's all smoke and mirrors until they actually knock it down and win a championship. You're right. And and they get all this time on on ESPN radio and the TV shows. It's all marketing. It is. I mean, the Cubs should have been that. I mean, the Cubs are... Lovable losers come to Wrigley Field, all that, until, like, no, we're winners now. We're, we're trying to win. We're spending money. Hey, come on, man. All right, Shane, can you squeeze in one more before Albert Breer? Yeah, Jordan Love, Jared Goff, and Baker Mayfield, all three are going to become among the top ten highest-paid quarterbacks in football. Goff, give me the other two. Jordan Love, Love and Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield. Do you agree with the the Mayfield part of that? Uh, I don't know if he's going to be one of the top ten. I don't believe that. All he's got to do is make more than thirty five million a year. <laughs> you you want to see it again, Mayfield? You think he could replicate what he did last? Uh, he was really good, season? man. He I had think a great he's going to get forty. I really do. I, there's been a lot of reporting or rumoring around it that he could get forty to forty five. I think forty is about right. Your face says no. Yeah, I'm going to say he does not get. 40 million a year but no. that jordan love absolutely gets yes. 40 that's more of the future and jared goff gets 40 and both deserve it for baker that would have to be on like a one or two year deal i don't think anybody sees him as their long-term solution yeah right? you do, he's not getting like you could do five four for years 40. and 200 million i i would be surprised all gear a huge guarantee that would surprise why can't baker mayfield be long term he's not old he's a former first round pick he grew uh, couple great years in cleveland before the injury and now he's bounced back with a great year in tampa why couldn't they view him as a long-term option i'd have to see it for another year that's fair but but it always comes back to this also though cap if not mick baker mayfield then whom so you know what i'm saying like right, it, and they made you, it to it, this division round of the playoffs so they're not picking high enough if you don't have anything better in the pipeline then what's your other recourse what, what's your other course of action that's that's the question Penix will be on the board probably when they're drafting right because that's kyle trask and john wolford otherwise at this point in time so that's the whole thing the reason why Shay brings it up is like okay if you don't pay baker or if he's not on your football team then what are you going you're gonna find another stopgap um you know quarterback a veteran 
Or do you go to the draft and kind of restart? So you're telling me if they went to him and said three years, $90 million, with, with a good guarantee, $30 million a year, and you're guaranteeing 60 of it, you're telling me he doesn't sign that? I think, I mean, for him, yes, I'd sign it. Absolutely. What's Siri saying over there? Try again. <laughs> All right, let's get. We got Albert coming up. So Albert Breer. So coming up next from SI.com and Monday Morning Quarterback. That's still to come on the Cap and J Hood Morning Show. Cap and J Hood are back. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. On Chicago's home for sports, ESPN Chicago. Hello. Football on ESPN 1000. Hello, Bert. Albert Breer. Hey, Bert. Senior NFL writer for SI.com joins Cap'n Jay Hood. Bert's it. What? You're it, Bert. On ESPN 1000. What do you mean I'm it? We see, that's the game. I just tagged you, and you're it until you tag somebody else. Albert Breer. No, no, I'm not playing a game. I'm reading, Ernie, and I'm not it. Okay. On Chicago's Home for Sports. But Bert is it. Albert Breer is with us every Tuesday on the Cap and J Hood Morning Show on ESPN 1000 from SI.com and Monday Morning Quarterback, and he's on the hotline. Carx Tyron Auto Hotline, Johnny. Rattle, rattle, thunder, clatter, boom, boom, boom. Make me feel better. Don't worry, call the Carx Morning, Albert. How are you? Good morning, guys. What's up? What? Hey, Albert. We were, you know what? Cap and I were talking earlier about how, you know, my wife might watch. Uh, you know, reality TV or Big Brother, or whatever. But uh, nothing like the NFL. The fifty-six million for that uh, for the last game, the NFC Championship game, it is amazing. How surprised are you that the numbers are like moon landing numbers, Super Bowl numbers that we're seeing just for these conference championship games? I mean, I think it's sort of the way everything's been going for a while now, um, and I think it's the trends in the way people watch and consume um, entertainment, you know, and um, that's why the rights are where they are. This is the only stuff people watch live anymore, you know? Um, and, you know, I pretty much, I, I don't know about you guys, but for me and the other people in my life, like I, I don't know, we all sort of, everybody watches everything on Netflix or Amazon or whatever else. So it's almost like, you know, live sports doesn't have real competition because you're not choosing it versus something else, you know? And so I think that's a factor and, you know, I, I think also football is more conducive to the younger generation because it doesn't require you sitting down every single night on your couch and watching the way baseball does or basketball does or hockey. Um, yeah, I mean, there's no question. I mean, we're seeing college football, too. You know, like where the college football numbers are off the charts. Um, you know, football is just the, the, the live element of it. Besides the people watch it live and don't watch much, much of anything else live anymore and you know, then, like, the fact that every game is sort of an event because there's so few of them versus other sports, I think, makes it really, really conducive to to getting um, to getting high ratings um, off the charts ratings in this day and age. So I want to ask you about the Bears as they continue to put their staff together. Courtney Cronin just tweeted the Bears have hired Chris Beattie as their new wide receivers coach. He coached D.J. Moore at Maryland in 2016 and 17. Yep. Beattie. So somebody... Beatty. <laughs> it's Beatty, Warren Beatty, isn't it? Whatever. Uh, someone told me that Matt Eberflus being on shaky ground, some didn't think he'd make it this far, has been an impediment when they have interviews with top coaching candidates for the staff. Is there any truth to that? 
Oh yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a part of all of this. I mean, I, you know, when a new coach comes in, like, it, like, you know, I mean, you have to think about this from a Norman normal, like human standpoint, right? Like a new coach comes in and you figure, okay, like that guy is going to get two or three years at least. Right. So if I'm going to move my family and go be his offensive line coach or his defensive backs coach, like, I know I probably have two or three years there. Um, if, you know, like there's a place where, um, you know, guys move on because the team has had success, you know you're going to be on solid ground there. San Francisco, Los Angeles, right, where they've lost coaches. And, all right, like I feel pretty good that they're not going to blow that up in the next couple of years. Um, and, you know, this is sort of the flip side of that where, you know, when you haven't made it to the playoffs and you're going into year three and there's a new team president, you have to look around those corners. And I actually think that's why the Bears approached um, all of this pretty smart. Um, I think, you know, like the fact that Matt Eberflus and Ryan Poles and their group were really, really aggressive on the mm-hmm. offensive coordinator front allowed them to get ahead of teams like the Saints, like the Raiders, like the Patriots that were also looking for offensive coordinators. And I think they probably got the most desirable guy out there in Shane Waldron as a result of that approach. You know, so that's sort of the way I look at it. Like they, yes, I think it's made it more challenging for them to go and fill out their staff after they made some changes. Um, but, you know, I do think they found a way to make it workable where they're able to go get guys who, who have options and who are desirable. A couple of nice playoff runs for the Lions and the Packers. We were at, talking earlier about which yeah. team is more sustainable moving forward in the NFC North. So as you weigh both teams, which team seems more stable to be a perennial playoff team, the Packers or the Lions, for their run they had? I mean, I, I guess you almost have to say Packers because of the, um, the history of the franchise, the age of the quarterback. Um, I think they both are. You know, like, I, I really think, like, what Dan Campbell's been able to put together there, um, you know, where their strengths are. Like, you know, they're strong on the lines of scrimmage. And, yeah, they could use another D lineman or two, but – um, you know, generally, if you're strong up front, you've got franchise players up front. Like, that's why Philly, you know, for, for some of their ups and downs, has always been at least relatively good um, is because of that. Um, and so, you know, I think they're both in good shape because they both have coaches who I don't think are going anywhere. Um, they both have, you know, quarter, have, have answers at quarterback. I'm not saying superstars, but answers at quarterback. Um, and the Packers have a lot of history of having drafting and developed well, and then you look at the Lions' strengths, and the fact that their strengths are along the lines of scrimmage tells you that, like, for the foreseeable future, you know, health permitting, of course, they're going to be in games on a week-to-week basis. And if they can be better around those lines and continue to get better around those lines, they're going to be a really good team. In terms of Luke Getze, Olin Krutz tweeted, has anyone thought about what happens if Luke Getze goes somewhere and just kills it as an offensive coordinator? He's getting interviews. I know he just did with the Patriots. He did yep. with the Raiders. So what is the A, future of Luke Getze? B, is he more well-regarded in the league than we treat him here in Chicago? He's very well-respected. Um, and, in fact, I think there uh, are people out there that think he did a pretty good job. You know, the last couple of years, all things considered, um, bringing Justin along, um, building an off- offense for Justin, weathering the injuries, having a rookie quarterback ready to go, and Tyson Bajan. Um, you know, it wasn't an ideal situation the last two years. And so I do, I would say there are enough people that feel like, you know, like that, that, that 
the potential that he had two years ago when he was hired um, and became an offensive coordinator, that potential is still there. And some of the circumstances were an issue for him in Chicago. And, like, guys, if, if you thought it was broken, right, like if you're Matt Eberflus and you thought it was broken, then why did, like, every guy you look at come from the same trade? Right? Like, they were looking to continue on what Luke Getze had built and that sort of McBay, Shanahan, LaFleur type of system, right? And they go mm-hmm. and get a guy who fits that in Shane Waldron. So I think that's also, I, I'd say, proof at least that, that Eberflus and, um, and, and Poles and those guys didn't think the thing was completely broken. Uh, anything that surprised you in the playoffs? Here we are at the Super Bowl. What surprised you most about what you saw in the playoffs? Um, you know, I expected a little more out of the Ravens. I think the Ravens were maybe the best team all year. Um, you know, I I think one thing that's interesting is the growth of the Niners. And, um, you know, I think both their games, it wasn't perfect. And this is going to sound a little weird, but this is a team that, like, has really struggled when they don't have their A game, you know? And when they fall off schedule and they got to play in long yardage and they got to play from behind, it's a team that really hasn't held up well. That's their sort of Achilles' heel is if you can kind of land a couple of blows on them early, they become a different team. And um, yeah, I think first against the Packers, and then obviously this week against the Lions, they showed another gear that we hadn't seen from them before. And so that was one thing that like, I, I think was pretty cool to watch. Um, you know, And again, I, I think the two best teams all year were, were them and the, and the Ravens. And so the flip side of it is, I think you expected a little bit more of the Ravens in the playoffs than they gave you. Um, you know, even, you know, like the... In the division round, like, you know, they, they played a, a pretty bad half. They played a great half in the second half of that game. And so, like, you look at it now, it's like they really only played one great half of football in the playoffs after having such an outstanding season. When we come back, I want to ask Albert the latest with Caleb Williams versus Justin Fields because a lot of former players are in Justin's camp. Analysts? Not so much. Albert Breer from Monday Morning Quarterback and SI.com is with Cap J. Hood on ESPN 1000. Be right back. Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitter at ESPN1000. Cap and Jay Hood are back on ESPN Chicago. Chicago's Home for Sports. Albert Breer from Monday Morning Quarterback and SI.com is with us every Tuesday on the Cap and Jay Hood Morning Show. So, Albert, I interviewed Keyshawn Johnson, and I mean, he's all in. You got to keep Justin Fields and trade the pick, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, build around. And you know, Jay Cutler says that. Brian Urlacher says you got to take Caleb Williams. But most of the former players that we hear from in the NFL are keep Justin, trade the pick. What are you hearing around the league in relation to what the Bears are going to do? Because I read something this weekend, and it was some personnel executive telling somebody yeah. it's a no-brainer. You're taking Caleb Williams. If Chicago passes, they're the only team out of the 32 that would do that. Yeah, um, well, let me put it this way to you. Like, I, I think some of the guys who went through there and did, you know, interviews, um, did the coordinator interviews there, one of the things that excited them about the job was the chance to take Caleb Williams. And, um, you know, I, like, in those interviews, I, I will say that, you know, Matt Eberflus, from my understanding, like, he did defend um, Justin Fields and his performance and stuck up for him. And, um but I, I mean, I think you know if you're if you're looking at it like, does Justin Fields deserve a fourth year in Chicago? Yeah, he does. Absolutely. Um, he's continuing to get better. You can win with him. 
Um, and, you know, I think he's made of the right stuff. And um, can you do with Justin Fields what the Eagles did with Jalen Hurts? Absolutely. No question about it. You know, and I think there may even be another level in them. But the, the, the problem is, is like now it's like coming to the point where, all right, we have to, if we keep him, guarantee him 25 or $30 million for 2025. And now we got to think about signing him to a long-term extension. And, you know, you look at that and it's like, okay, if we do that, then we trade the first pick. And so it's Justin a bounty of picks versus just sitting there trading Justin, taking Caleb with the first pick. And now you have a quarterback who's got generational ability and talent on a rookie contract for the next four years. And so you're taking the financial part out of it. Now you can build aggressively with the extra money that you have. Um, I think that's really the question here. And I, I really, I think like the people who are telling you it'd be Caleb over Justin, like, it's not like Justin's a bust. It's more, this is a very unique opportunity with a very uniquely talented player. Um, and that's and a uniquely talented player that you're going to have a fraction of the cost that it would, um, that, 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 that it would, that it would take to, to keep Justin for the next three or four years. Um, so it's more complex than just Caleb versus Justin. And I look, like, I think, the ex-players, a lot of those guys, like the way they look at it, it's just a one-versus-one thing, where it's Caleb versus Justin, and that's that. Um, it's actually more complex than that, you know, as, as, as I see it anyway. Albert, what is the latest on the Washington Commanders? Is this Ben Johnson's team, or is it uh, other favorites to get that head coaching job? Um, I mean, I think Ben Johnson's got a good shot, absolutely. Um I know, like, they felt like where they were going into this week was, okay, like, now's where our coaching starts really start, research really starts. Because here's where, you know, you get to go down, you get to sit down with the guys and, and go through everything. So, you know, I never thought this was a state accompli. Um, and I think if you listen to the way their new general manager, Adam Peters, talked, um, you know, a couple of weeks ago when they introduced him, you could see that, like, that he really does want to go through, like, a real process and try to figure out, like, um, exactly what, the best course of action is here. Um, and I think that's part of why you heard him say, well, it's not just, um, you know, it's not just, uh, you know, offense versus defense. It's like we want a leader, you know? So this is more about that than it is about just getting a play caller in there. And I think that was sort of a hint that, like, this is going to be a more open search um, or they're at least going to go into it with a more open mind than, than some people may think. All right, get. Uh, I know you're going to be at the Super Bowl, and the next thing right after that is Hoodie and I are going to be at the Combine, so we got to have dinner yeah. again this year. Yeah, yeah, you got it. That's what three weeks from now, which is insane. I think, right? <laughs> insane, yeah. but I'm booking the yeah. table today at St. Elmo's. Awesome, awesome. I will be there. All right, man. Have a great rest of your day. All right, thanks, guys. It is Albert Breer with us from M- from Morning Owner Quarterback and SI.com on the hotline. That'd be the Car X Tire and Auto Hotline. Rattle, rattle, thunder, clatter, boom, boom, boom. Show me that ass. Don't worry, call the Car X man. You know what was super interesting that he said? Hmm. I was texting with Waddle and Sylvie. He said, you guys got to pull this cut. Hmm. A, Luke Getze is really highly respected in the NFL circles, and that's why he's getting other OC jobs, and that people think he actually did a good job with Justin. Here in this town? That's blasphemy. People go nuts about Luke Getze. If we just had a decent coach, Justin would be better than Lamar Jackson. Isn't that what the narrative is? It is, yes. And then to hear him say, yeah, what they were selling in those interviews, and they did not trash Justin and Eberflus defend him, the chance to coach Caleb Williams. Yeah. That's big news right there. That's very interesting. 
We talked about it a little bit last week, Cap, where we say, you know, when you go into an interview process, the first thing you want to know is, so what's going on with that the whole thing with Justin Fields? Yeah, we couldn't get it turned, but Justin's a really good person. We had a great relationship. We just didn't have the infrastructure to be able to help Justin Fields along, but we feel like we turned the corner with Justin. You have? Yeah, we have. Hmm. So, in the, and so the employer is thinking, boy, he turned Justin Fields around. Even though there's a one loss record, a lot of film that could say he didn't. <laughs> like, right. But you can BS anybody to believe in anything. It will be really Seriously. interesting to see if Luke Getzey gets another OC gig right away. Yeah. Very interesting. Like um, Gerard Mayo, the new coach of the Patriots, mm-hmm. he tying himself to Luke Getzey. That will be interesting. Antonio Pierce interviewed him. He's a new coach. Is he tying himself to Luke Getzey? There's other ones that are still out there looking for OCs, and I'm sure Luke is going to get some level of interest. But the other quote that was super interesting, yeah, the people that were coming in were telling Albert, yeah, they were selling the chance to coach Caleb Williams. Yes. Yes, I looked at you. It's like, what? We got to bring, <laughs> bring that cut back. That's, an, that's very interesting. Hey, Bears fans, we have something for you. Get your pen and paper out or get your tablet out. We want you to start putting down the Bears offseason to-do list. Yes, the to-do list for the Chicago Bears this offseason. Get ready. We got it for you in two minutes on Cap and J-Hood.